EITV Podcast is a podcast that helps you grow your wealth and become financially independent. My name is Becco and my partner, Hari. Hello. All right, in this episode, we're going to talk about Alibaba. Uh, it's a big company. Yeah, most of you guys probably know what it is. Um, all right, so we're going to do a deep dive into that company today. Hari, start us off with a disclaimer, please. Yep, this is a VITV podcast. We are here for entertainment and uh, educational purposes only. We are not financial advisors. We don't know your specific financial situation. So please consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment decisions. All right. Before we start, um, when we analyze a company, we go through a checklist. Most of you guys know this, but if you guys don't, new listeners, welcome. Welcome. when we go through a when we go through a company, we go through a checklist, and ser- th- this is a series of questions that we want to ask ourselves uh, when we analyze a company. And uh, if you guys want a copy of that, just email us at info at valueinvestor.org. Um, so we're going to go through this checklist, but with a, with a variation. Um, this checklist is not meant to be you know strict guideline. This is just a suggestion. Um, all right, so. Here we go. First is Alibaba. What do they do, Hari? Yeah, so the short of it is they're basically like the Amazon of China. So, um, you know, they they operate multiple businesses that sell, um, you know, e-commerce in China, Southeast Asia, and Turkey. Um, They also have a cloud uh, business, just like Amazon's cloud services that um, supplies infrastructure uh, for their own business as well as anybody who wants to, uh, you know, be on their, their network. Makes sense. I think, um, I guess, you know, for me, Alibaba singles day, it's, uh, you know, it's, yep. it's always, it's always a big thing. Um, it always comes up in the, in, on the news. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's move on to the second question. Competitive advantage. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I know we, answer that first question with a very brief like overview because we want to be as succinct as possible to kind of you know make sure that we understand the case but you know Alibaba is huge right I mean they're you know in terms of size they are 1.1 billion consumers globally and 240 million of those are overseas consumers so um, and they operate in Southeast Asia, Europe, uh, Turkey, um, you know, $1.23 trillion of gross market value just in China alone. And the average gross market value per consumer in China is, is $1,400. So this is all of, as of 2021. So I think it's, you know, their competitive advantages are obviously, um, they're a household name the scale and size of their operations makes them very difficult to compete with. Um, you know, so, but, but they also have a network effects because they empower just like Amazon does small businesses sell using their infrastructure and logistics network. Uh, you know, you, you're a mom and pop small business selling, um, you know, home goods or whatever you make your items, you put them on Alibaba, you have a competitive advantage by, you know, you, you don't go to somebody else because you go to Alibaba because they are more visible, more people will see your things, more people will buy your products. Um, and then AliExpress is something you, you can actually uh, you know, use to buy stuff here in the US uh, or Europe. Um, and that's 
same thing. Small businesses want to sell. They have a global now consumer base that can purchase from AliExpress. So the competitive advantages here are pretty, I think, should be fairly obvious to everyone. They have very powerful uh, brand moat. They have a very powerful scale um, that allows them to be a low-cost provider that other people can't compete with. And on top of that, they have network effects, right? Because people go to their site, more of the small businesses want to sell their stuff on their site as well, uh-huh. right? So you're really talking about a competitive advantage that's pretty impen- impenetrable uh, as, tar- as far as moats go, because it's not just one area that they're they're solid in, it's multiple areas that they have, uh-huh. you know, reach, so... Uh-huh. I think I think yeah, I don't think we need to spend much much more time talking about the competitive advantage. It's, it, it seems pretty straightforward, and it, and like you said, you just think about Amazon and how dominant they are um, across across multiple verticals. It's kind of the same thing over in China with Alibaba. Can you tell us a little bit about the size here uh, in terms of the market cap, just to get an understanding of how the big company is market cap, kind of top line revenue. Just, just, just the ballpark. Yeah. So they're, they're, um, you know, the, the company itself is a, um, $300 billion market cap. So to give you an idea of like, this is a very, very complex business. Um, so when, you know, I, and I, I will answer this question, but just to step back a little bit here in terms of that scale, um, you know, one of the things that you need to understand is, Alibaba itself is actually a company incorporated under Cayman Islands um, law, and they own variable interest entities, VIEs, through in, in China and other countries. So what you're actually purchasing is shares in this holding company that then owns subsidiaries called Taobao, uh, Tmall, Alibaba, and 1688, which is their wholesale business. So, you know, just in terms of scale, you're talking about um, you know, hundreds of billion dollars in revenue uh, for that. And let me give you a, a more accurate number on the uh, on the revenue side uh, for um, you know for you here. But you know, three hundred billion dollar in market cap, and this is a company that's had a huge you know upheaval in the last um, two years because of what what's been considered. Um, Well, let me say it this way: the, um, you know, the Chinese economy has has grown so much, and Alibaba has become such a big dominant player in their in their market that China itself is concerned that Alibaba controls too much, has too much power. So, um, you know, Alibaba's revenue right now is about seven hundred billion uh, uh, renminbi, which is about a little bit over a hundred billion dollars in revenue. Uh, for uh, in in dollars, um, you know, so that all translates into um, you know very large, you know, market cap, you know, but also a very large amount of their goods is being transacted. Over one point two trillion dollars is being transacted in the Alibaba ecosystem, of which they're taking a cut of that, which is what you see in the revenue numbers. So, th- I mean, one company almost represents, you know. 10% of uh, five to 10% of the Chinese economy. So it's a, it's a massive scale here that we're talking about. 
Okay, just so just so that I understand the numbers, it's hundred billion dollars in sales, basically, yep. and then you're you're talking about a company that's three hundred billion in market cap. Is that Correct. right? Yes. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. Okay, and we haven't talked about this just yet, but um, and financial is kind of the was a trigger point, um, and I guess we could talk about that when we talk about risk, but that was what really triggered the government. I mean, we're talking about Chinese government really to crack down on big tech. And um, yeah, we can get into that a bit later, but that's good to know. Okay. hundred about just to recap, hundred billion dollars in sales and about $300 billion in market cap. Okay. Great. Uh, moving on to the next is, okay. Obviously Chinese market, huge market. And there looks like they're expanding outside of China as well into Turkey um, and other parts of East, uh, Southeast Asia, Asia, generally speaking. Okay, what is the company's long-term prospect uh, in terms of growth runway? Like, what 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 areas of growth can they tap into? So let me let me give it to you in the company's own words. So fiscal year twenty twenty four, their their goal is to facilitate ten trillion dollars in to ten trillion. Uh, Yuan, which is about one point um, five trillion uh, in 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 U.S. dollars consumption, you know, so that means gross market value. So they would be taking a cut of that, um, you know. So that that's about a fifty percent growth from the current, uh, you know, in in twenty twenty four. Um, and then by 2020, 2036, they've set out a target. So the next 15 years serve 2 billion global customers and enable 10 million businesses to be profitable and create a hundred million jobs. So obviously 15 years from now, you know, that's a, it's a very long running, you know, goal. <clears throat> but one of the things I really like about this company is they, they think about the long term and they're not thinking short term kind of things. They even have a sustainability plan to say, you know, we want to operate for 102 years. So uh, they were co- incorporated in 1999 and their their thought process is if at 102 years of uh, life, they would be uh, spanning three centuries. So they kind of talk about that in the, you know, as a, you know, they're thinking about the future, the long-term runway. Um, and, you know, so retail is a big part of that, but I would say the biggest part of it is actually their cloud business. Um, so the cloud business is actually um, growing, you know, upwards of 50% per year. Um, they're the third largest cloud provider in the world and the largest in China. Um, and so, you know, when you think about it, retail has a fairly small margin, um, but cloud like Amazon um, represents an enormous uh, high margin business for the company. And as that's growing, and you know, you're going to probably see a business with inside of Alibaba that's probably worth 300, 400 billion just on its own uh, in the next four to five years. Makes sense. Yeah. The cloud business, obviously huge, uh, huge. You know, I wonder, I wonder how they got their cloud business started. Obviously with, with AWS, it was kind of an internal tool that made it into yep. an external tool. And then they started to sell that and that was a big hit. And they, they had like seven year advantage before anyone else really started to copy this model. I wonder, you know, was it more like a happenstance? They saw this big boom in the U.S. market with Amazon. They sort of 
I went ahead and copied that business model. Do you know the the origin story behind this? So they started about five years after Amazon. Um, and I, I can't tell if they are innovating or if they're really just looking at what Amazon does and kind of follows suit. Mm-hmm. I know for infrastructure that they are providing, it is a natural extension. You're going to be running you know, millions of servers and have to manage lots of infrastructure. It makes a lot of sense if you're running a retail business to have a large infrastructure. I mean, if you look at Walmart, before the internet, Walmart actually hooked up satellites, you know, to so that they could keep track of store inventory and things like that long before Amazon ever, you know, did a lot of that stuff. So, you know, managing logistics, managing all of that stuff requires that, but I don't know who, you know, what originated that as part of their thing. And you mentioned Ant Financial, which is kind of like their, that's the unique feature that I, you know, Amazon doesn't have, but it's essentially a payment network you know, where you can pay your friends, but you can also use it to, you know, transact, you know, business and do things like that, um, which is no, now kind of been pulled away from Alibaba's control and is now under the control of the Chinese government, um, you know, or increasingly under the control of the Chinese government. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, they seem to be very knowledgeable about logistics infrastructure, just like Amazon, um, and in China, you know, they're they're applying that more to Southeast Asia and to the Middle East, um, where Amazon has much lower penetration. Um, you know, so so they understand that local region much better, I think, than Amazon does, and so they they're able to compete in that place, um, mm-hmm. you know, better. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, I, I think I think it'll be. I, I think we definitely need to talk about the founding story of Alibaba and Jack Ma. Do you want to do that in the second episode when we talk about risk or do you want to kind of quickly touch on, on him as a character? Yeah. You know, so he is no longer listed. Um, Jack Ma was the, the founder CEO chairman of Alibaba for a long time. And for whatever reason, and uh, you know, I think a lot of this came from the ant financial, you know, aspect of it. Um, they kind of got on the outs and he was no longer, you know, a uh, favored in the, uh, you know, in the, the Chinese communist party, uh, you know, parlance. And so he disappeared for a long time and no one really knows what happened, but he's since reappeared, but he's no longer in control of Alibaba. And I suspect he was kind of pushed aside, um, you know, and if you really think about it, what his value and contribution to this organization was, in the early days, you know, now you're at such a large size and scale that it's not a company of run by one guy anymore. Just like if Jeff Bezos, you know, he, he kind of stepped aside and Amazon is still plugging along and doing just fine. Um, so that part doesn't concern, concern me, but I think in the next episode, we'll talk a lot about what is it that we should be worried about China, China's, you know, Amazon doesn't have to worry so much about the U.S. market breaking them up or or doing that. China has a lot more control. So what would that impact be, um, you know, on the on the economy? And then we'll talk more valuation too. Perfect. That sounds good. I think that's kind of a perfect segment uh, to end end this episode. Um, so Alibaba, obviously a huge huge company over there in China and expanding overseas. 
that have great business in terms of retail, but also cloud business is thriving. It's a company of $100 billion in sales. The market kept about $300 billion. Um, and they're growing, they're growing very rapidly and have a very long-term vision about how they want to shape the future um, and the, the role they, they want to play in it. So, great. Um, any other last thoughts before we close out the episode, Hari? Yeah, what I would encourage people to do is um, this is a very complex company. It is not something that you're going to be able to pick up the 20F, which is the equivalent of a 10K, um, and just kind of fully understand the business like this. You know, you're, you're, it is a very challenging business to learn, to understand, and to really know. But I, I would still encourage people to read the annual report and kind of learn um, because I, I think they laid out their um, business case, their fundamentals pretty well. Um, and it, it's worth uh, worth reading because it's good to see businesses that have a long-term strategy, um, you know, and how, the, how, how do they plan to execute on a long-term strategy? So, um, you know, and you're almost reading like a big chunk of Chinese, China's economy. So as China's economy goes, so does Alibaba, right? So you should, you should really kind of use that as a gauge of, you know, how, how other investments in China would do if you were investing in China, they'll, they'll, Alibaba would be a good macro kind of trend for you to look at. Yep. Uh, and then, and then one last thing about that is Alibaba is listed in the U S exchange. So, yes. uh, that's, that's, um, you know, one quick way to get exposure to the Chinese market if you want. Anyway, we'll talk more about that in the next episode. Great. Thanks. Thanks again for listening. And, and please, uh, you know, at, um, hit that like, like button, wh- whatever people say at the end. <laughs> Comment uh, on our uh, video, subscribe, <laughs> hit the notification bell, send Becco an email, tell him how, what to actually say at the end of a podcast. Cause he's clearly failing at it. So, um, yeah, all of that above. And, uh, again, if you want, if you want a copy of the checklist info at valueinvestor.org, send that over. Uh, send that. Send an email to us. We'll be happy to send you a copy. Awesome. Thanks a lot, everybody. I'll see you in the Thanks. next episode.